It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by true car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. With Metro and the best deal in wireless, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line, period. With taxes and regulatory fees included every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. Requires auto pay. First month is $40 per line for two lines. 5G access requires capable device. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by T-Mobile.com or store for details. for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Jake Watroba, and joining me is Stephen Jodoran. This is part two of our interview with Detroit City FC manager Trevor James, where we discuss youth development in U.S. soccer and Detroit City FC. If you haven't, please go back and listen to part one, where Trevor talks about his experiences in Europe and general issues within U.S. soccer. Please make sure you subscribe to the show on any major podcast platform and leave us a five-star review. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter, at UncSamSoccerPod. Now... Let's get to part two. Oh, no, absolutely. But is there a, a gaping hole that you see just whether it's an MLS, USL, or any other soccer league as a whole when it comes to just the, the pure growth or the sheer growth that everyone is talking about that we're seeing? Well, uh, you know, I, I think if you went, it, it would probably differ from, from clubs to clubs. Um, uh, club to club, really, with with their, their their development and their if you if you like their pyramid within their own club and I mean you talk about youth development that's another conversation but um, having a pyramid up to that point some clubs uh, are ahead of others and I think you know that's that needs that needs to be worked on um, because obviously you know league rules are not going to be allowed you're not going to be allowed to attract you know seven eight nine DPS unless they change the rules, but uh, the minute they're not going to. So I think, you know, the the, the pyramid scheme as far as from the, the youth, the academies into maybe the development squads under 23s or the teams that play in the USL, um, you know, some are much better than others. So I think that's an important thing. And there is a gulf in that. Obviously, the, the boom of the of the lower leagues from, from the USL, uh, and uh, you know MPSL. I mean, having pro leagues, obviously, it's a lot more given a lot more opportunities for people to play and 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 to work on a on a daily basis in a competitive environment. So that can only be good to develop players. Uh, and obviously, those leagues are growing, you know, 
faster than ever. So um, as far as gaping um, space, I, I, I don't know. I would look at. I would probably go through individual clubs and and see what their see what their what their vision is and where they're going. Whether it's you know to to you know a lot of teams always want to skip out on the on the in betweens of the academy to the to the uh, first team. But I think that's a the development squads are massive. And I again I've always been big. I spoke to a lot of people in MLS about those that area when I was involved. And um, and I and I, I feel there should be, you know, each team should have a development group, whether it's an under twenty three group, or whether it's under twenty one. Uh, and in doing so, they need, and this is something that maybe falls through the cracks a bit. They need to to hire coaches in those positions who specialise in development. Um, and I think sometimes they miss the point there. I think they. A lot of teams see it as another opportunity to, to, to give an ex-player a coaching position. And that's really not the best for development unless that coach aspires to be a development coach and not a first-team coach because it's obviously a different animal. Well, what are the differences? You know, you, if, if, if you, sorry, if you had a development, if, you had a, if say the Galaxy had a development team at under 23, say, when Bruce Arena was there, the first team coach. Bruce Arena is a fantastic first team coach, but he wouldn't, in my opinion, be a good development coach for an under twenty one team. But because he's a different animal. But coach the first team and he'll win you the championship. But to develop nineteen years old, it's a different it's a different skill than it is to, to manage the first team. And I think sometimes the MLS teams hire hire coaches because they either with ex players and they played ten years and they have great experience or that but a lot of them i uh, you know obviously their ambition is to be a first team coach is to actually be the head coach of the first team so I think it, it should be a little bit more mindset from from the clubs on the development coaching aspect and not just coaches for coaches' sake Trevor let me ask you this then since there's no promotion relegation in this country and we've we've talked about this numerous times in this show it's it frustrates us from just looking at it from an MLS perspective of why don't some of these clubs play some of their academy products um, mm -hmm. and you're 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 a coach obviously now can you talk about like, mm -hmm. what would be some I mean what would be some reasons why a coach wouldn't play the academy product especially if there's no fear of being relegated um i i would imagine it's it's probably a part of um wins and losses thinking you know things like that but i would also think it's probably player personnel uh as far as you know player relationship coach relationship with players and and coach you know player management um it, it's 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 a much you know it, it's a much easier way of life if you don't have to have you know um discussions with players because they're not playing and a 17 year old is um if they've played the game 10 years or whatever it might be but that's that's again where uh, you know I, I, I go back to what i said a couple of minutes ago the the head coaches of the of the of the first teams the head coaches of the of the teams you know are 100% concentrating on trying to win uh, as many games as possible um, because that's how they'll be judged, you know. And again, if they have doubts of whether, you know, 
uh, Efrain Alvarez is is um, is good enough or not, they would decide on not playing him. Obviously, he, got, he played last night, which is great for the kids. So, so I think that you get you'll get some coaches now. We're starting to get some coaches now come to MLS who realise that it's not about you know moving the, the your players around the field to get them all in. If somebody's not there, you you will bring in the next the next best player in the club and if they, he's a if he's an academy player then he gets the opportunity but I think you're seeing some coaches now I think you'll see that in LA I think you'll see it in San Jose mm. um, you know I think you know you'll you'll see some of these coaches use younger players now do you think the incentive to play the younger players because the two coaches you've mentioned are not American do you think this is an American coaching problem when it comes to not playing kids in whether it's MLS or any other league yeah, possibly. I think I think it's American thing uh, is that we we class somebody who, in this country who's 21 as being extremely young. Uh, obviously, in Europe, if somebody's 21, he's probably played a hundred times in the first team because of the 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 way the the college system is such that players come out of college and they're you know they're rookies and this they and they have to learn the game. So I think we judge players as being young when they're really not that young. They are young here, and maybe that's because of all sports. But I think you know maybe our culture here in America is that we think that you know they have to they have to do a they have to learn they have to go through a period they have to be a freshman or whatever they have to do to before they get the right. I think in Europe, it's well they judge on the they judge on the age or any college. Um, I think you come to, a lot of coaches come from college, and I think that was the, well you don't play the freshman before before you play the senior, but obviously in pro soccer you play whichever is is the is, is going to give you the best chance today, regardless of that. But I think we side on, and I talk about us in the, in the USA, our culture, we side on. Uh, on thinking that 21, 22 year olds are still very young, where obviously you're looking at a 17, 18 year old probably in Europe. So that I think that may be a little bit of why we don't put players in earlier. Uh, Trevor, I want to ask you about uh, youth development within Detroit City. Is there any plans uh, by the club to focus on developing uh, the academy at all? Yeah, yeah, there is. I, I mean, they've. Um, we have a, uh, a select program where they have, we had they started had four teams last year. They're having six teams this year, and that will be you know um, funded by for the most part by the club. And it will be um, I'm going to say an academy. It's like a select program. I mean, I think you know obviously we have affiliations with other youth clubs within within the Detroit area, and who will you know they will do things with you know similar with our curriculum and they will be supportive of us and that sort of thing but i think this i think you know as we as this is our first year where we we turn professional in august um i think that will be the road that we go i i could probably see the select team um the select side of the club building and 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 uh you know the academy route is probably where we should go i mean uh how we do that and where we do that i mean I will probably know that more in a year's time. If you want to talk to me then, I'll know more. Trevor, you talked a few minutes ago about coaching having a huge impact when it comes to youth development. 
how are you at Detroit mm-hmm. City going to, uh, with the youth, going to implement a system or coach them in a way that they do get max coaching? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, you know, I will, um, I will set the curriculum out for our youth, uh, for our youth program. So the youth program will be uh, will will be continuous on to the to the pro level, but it's all you know. I mean, over what I've done, the same as when I put the Galaxy Academy together. You know, there's different points of, of where you are, and and as we put that that youth program in place, obviously the majority of the work will be a lot of work will be with the coaches on the things that they need to coach at this level. You know, they don't. You know, again, all the youth coaches will ambition to do something, but um, and to climb the ladder, which is great because you know that's what you should be doing. But at the same point, you can learn development skills, which is slightly different to what you would do if you were a first team coach. You know, there's a lot of things that you, a lot of more, a lot more coaching you need to be done on the development side than you would for a, you know, for a first team coach. So, the curriculum that I'll put together, or I have put together, will be be followed and and hopefully that um you know that gives uh that gives the coaches and 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 the kids the, the the opportunity to develop you know so they are ready to play at the higher levels when they get there when they get to those ages trevor i wanted to ask why dcfc why did you choose to to, to join up with uh with detroit city mm-hmm. good question i mean it, 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 you know i didn't know much about the club i was um I was at home in California and I didn't, you know, and uh, my last job was in Indy and I had one or two opportunities to go, to go back in MLS at different, at different levels and different roles and responsibilities. So I was thinking about going back this year. I was going to go back to work this year. And then I got a, I got a call from, from the CEO, um, Austin saying their coach, who they were and their coach was leaving and, um, uh, taking a job in in Memphis, so they had a coaching position. They'd spoken to some people, wanted to know if I'd be interested in speaking to them. So I said, "Yeah, let's see. I'll talk with you." And then, and so in the in the meantime, I had a look, uh, saw what they were doing, and obviously saw that it is very much a community-based club. The ownership, you know, four or five guys, or five guys started it, and uh, and uh, virtually uh, from a uh, an adult. A co-ed league they got together and they put this team together and what they've what they've achieved in the first two years is unbelievable so i could see that they, the, the work they've done i knew the work that would take to 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 do it um they talked to me because they obviously were going to turn and, and go professional this year so they wanted a, a coach general manager who was full-time who could run run the, the certainly the technical side of it uh somebody who had spirit experience with players and agents and know the rules of MLS and USL and everything else you need to know. Um, and obviously to take that team into the pro level. So that, that was what intrigued me. And I, you know, I, after talking with my, my wife, she thought, you know, it's an opportunity. Let's go and try and build something. And can we, you know, can we, can we do something with the club? So that's really how it, how it turned out. And then, uh, second, you know, the next, next time they asked me to come out, so I, I flew out to Detroit, spent a day with the guys and learned about what their vision was and stuff. And, and again, it's very much we're now starting from scratch as far as the pro. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, you know, a lot of work to do as far as getting a technical staff together, getting a team together, actually two teams, one team to play in the MPSL league, 
with a lot of college players and then another team to play in the pro league because the college players won't be eligible and they go back to school. So it's a little bit awkward this year, but, um, but yeah, exciting challenge. And, and the way they, they talked to me and what they wanted to do it excited me. I thought it was the right thing. They were doing things in the right way for people in the community. So, um, you know, it was an opportunity to, to actually roll my sleeves up and, and try to, to try to help if I could. So that's really what talked me into it. So what is the, and you talked a little bit about it running, I guess, two squads almost or two separate teams with the college mm-hmm. and the professionals, but what is, uh, what is mm-hmm. 2019 going to look out, uh, look like for Detroit city FC? Well, it, as I said, with the two, the two seasons as such, obviously we play in the NPSL from May through July, and then we go into the pro league, the founders cup pro league from August the 5th. So, and it goes August through November. So um, the challenge is obviously that we we will still have a lot of college players in the first part of the season. Um, I I am trying to include some players in that group who will transfer into the pro group. So that will be maybe play uh, college players have graduated, maybe um, professional players who don't have contracts at this time or at that time who would like to play for us. Uh, and earn a contract for the pro league, um, and that. So we will play that. Obviously, when it comes to July and all the college players go back, it would be virtually impossible to hire an, a complete roster. So I'm going to have some players already uh, ready on the on the roster, and some players are going to join us in July for for that season. So little, you know, it, it's 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 probably juggling a little bit, trying to try to do well with the first group of of um, college players and then uh, obviously trying to be very competitive in the second group, which, you know, obviously we were in a very difficult group. We play in the East. So we play with Miami FC and we play with the Cosmos and Miami United. So we, we, we play with obviously, you know, the bigger clubs, the, the bigger clubs financially in, in the lower leagues. And you, you know, that includes USL and everybody. So we, we two of the, the, the highest spending team. So we, we know it's going to be tough, but, you know, it's a matter of this year is making sure that we can get a competitive team on the field and, uh, and you know, so that people know that we're around, so that professionals know that Detroit will be an option the following year because the following year will run as a full season, um, you know, from March, April. So it'll be just like recruiting like all the other teams at that point. So, but trying to make, you know, to show players that, yes, we're a professional club. This is how well we run it. We have enough facilities. We have you know, we 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 treat you like professionals. We look after you very well, uh, and and um, and give them an option. You know, to come to Detroit. So, trying to trying to make people aware of us and be competitive this year would probably be a great target. And then we anything more than that would be fantastic. You know. Uh, Trevor, final question here before we let you go. Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about Detroit City FC's fans. Um, I, I've seen some pieces written on them. I've seen some even some you know short videos. On them. They seem like a, a very rowdy bunch. I mean, it definitely has a very European feel to the, the the supporter section over there. What 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 about the club that resonates so much with the fans? Like, why why are the fans the way they are over there? Yeah, I don't know why the fans act the way they do, um, but I've got to say it is you know, a unique uh, a unique group. I mean, as I said, one of the main things that drew me to to the club was how much the community is rally around what they do. Um, and the support of the uh, of the people 
in the, from the from the, from the city of, of Detroit. Obviously, it's, it is Detroit's team. I mean, it's it's the only team here. So the the, the support from the city, the support from you know the you know even the you know the Hamtramck area where the, where the stadium is. Um, it, it's a real event. I mean, you know they they meet, they have you know they 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 tailgate, they march from the tailgate area through the streets of of Hamtramck. It's uh, obviously it's, if you've seen the videos of smoke bombs and 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 everything else, it is very very European. Yeah, you could be you could be in Germany or England somewhere in the stands with uh, with a lot of what goes on. So. Um, yeah, they, it's their it's their club, you know. I mean, I, I you know I've had a couple a couple of times I've um, been here uh, in the last month or so. You know, we had a meet and greet with the fans, and and uh, it, I might as well have been standing in the stands. It was a sing song. It was it was the people, obviously, extremely committed to their club. So, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I can uh, I can do some good things and make them happy for them. So. But no, it's, it's been very good. The fans have been very supportive of the club. They've been very supportive of myself. They were very supportive of the coaches before. They've done a great job. So, so you know, I think they they really they really feel the club is theirs, and and that's you know, as you said, like in Europe, that's what you feel. It's sort of it's sort of gaining popularity here in the United States in MLS and such. But um, but it, it is uh, it is very much the supporters who who you feel that they own this club so that's uh you know not having a you know an owner you know a, a multi you know billionaire owner uh, of such like a lot of teams it it is it functions on a on a much more everybody sort of um you know mucks in and 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 make this as a great a great event and that's what the games have turned into events rather than just a soccer game so so i've just got to focus on the game and not get carried away watching the watching the crowd i suppose <laughs> Yeah, that that would be uh, it's one of the bucket list items here on the show is to go go to a game at, in Detroit. To, Absolutely, to experience. Let me know when you're coming. Where about? Let me know when you're coming. <laughs> oh, we we will. We will make sure. We will we will try to to make the drive. Uh, Trevor, uh, thanks again for for speaking with us. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to plug anything you wanted to about the club, yourself, social media, or whatever it may be. No, uh, as I said, uh, you know. Uh, I think the club sells itself. Obviously, if if anybody out there wants to look and 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 look up on Detroit and see the fan base and see what the club are doing, um, it, you know, it's it's a great club to get involved in. You know, I mean, you, you obviously you support your own teams wherever you are, but Detroit might not be a, a bad second choice. Hey, Trevor, thanks again. Good luck with the uh, the upcoming season, and maybe we'll talk to you in the fall, or maybe we'll be down in Detroit over the summer to to meet up and catch a game. Ben. Great. Fantastic. Thanks very much, guys. And anytime you need a chat, let me know. Oh, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again to Trevor James for joining us today on Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. He provided a lot of interesting perspective uh, from the uh, you know youth development to the happenings at Detroit City FC. A lot of good information our listeners should be able to take away from this interview, right, Stephen? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, one just quick note I really had not thought of until Trevor t- talked to us about it was this. The coaching hats that a lot of clubs have are you typically just think, oh, every coach wants to be a first-team coach, which what you got to pay attention to is that coaching 
what it, a first team coach is and does is a little bit different to what a coach does in an academy and to its players. So the fascinating draw and just comparison and eye opener to the world of coaching. Yeah, and, and as we or alluded to during this two-part interview is, you know, Trevor's worn a lot of different hats within U.S. soccer. So and he's worked on first teams. He's worked with the youth development teams, you know. So, I mean, it, if anyone were to know what it's like to work on both ends there, it, it's him. So, yeah, it, it was definitely eye-opening. So Absolutely. But- Listeners, make sure you send us your comments, your thoughts. What, what was the biggest eye-opener in this interview? And what about Detroit City FC? Is it on your bucket list? Yeah, Detroit City FC will be a bucket list item for myself and yours for sure, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's it for today's show. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. Make sure you follow Stephen at Stephen Jodran and myself at Jake Watroba. Don't forget to follow Armand Kafai too at Armand Kafai. For Stephen, I'm Jake. We'll talk to you guys next time. Deuces. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by True Car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.